Welcome to Streets, Sports, and Success with your host, Simon and Maurice. Let's go. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success with Simon and Maurice. And we're going to do a two-part series. So we're going to go over the four keys to living your best life. Four keys to living your best life. We're going to give you two keys today, okay? For my street folks out there, no, we're not giving you two keys today. We're going to give you two keys to success today, okay? (laughs) Had to throw that one in there because this is street sports and success. So uh, on, on the first one, the first key that we're going to identify is managing your personal life. Managing your personal life and in in the come up in business for me, even look at, looking back as a young person in playing sports and going to school, your personal life will bleed into your professional life. Whatever it is that, that you're trying to accomplish, what's going on in that personal life is going to bleed over into your professional life. And so not only do we want to encourage you to manage your personal life, but we want to help you manage your personal life that'll lead you to more success in your professional life. And so whether, you know, if I'm in high school, you know, I may have girlfriend issues or boyfriend issues. Um, if I'm in, you know, later on in life, I may have, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend issues or, or, or wife issues, but you have to, the first thing is understanding that you cannot not show up if you have things going on in, in your personal life. I think that's the difference between a professional and someone that is not a professional. And understand you can't get professional income, you can't get professional experiences if you don't carry yourself like a professional. If you carry yourself like an amateur, you're going to be paid like an amateur. And so a lot of kids out there, they want to act like adults, they want to say that they're adults, they want to say that they're grown and so for my kids out there listening, I'm going to tell you, if you want to be grown, here's a way you need to start acting like you're grown and understand you can't just pick and choose. You can't say, oh, I'm going to be an adult in this area, but I'm going to be an amateur in this area. If you want the whole package, let's do the whole package then. And, and so that's managing your personal life and managing that personal life can be a whole, a whole thing, a bunch of things, but I'm going to focus on relationships. You know, if, if I saw come ac- across the screen uh, Bill Belichick is taking the next two weeks off because he's in a fight in an argument with his wife. I, I would, I, I mean, it, I would lose my mind. It's, it's, it's unheard of. He would be fired. You know, if, if I look at uh, Nick Saban or someone that plays for the New York Yankees or, or Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or, you know, LeBron James, you know, LeBron's going to take the next two weeks off during the season right now because him and his wife are in, in, in an argument or, this person is taking off the next two weeks for the Yankees because his girlfriend was cheating on him and, and broke up with him and, and he's been crying for the last two weeks. This does not happen. It's it's not accepted in 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 a professional situation. You have to be able to take care of your of your personal life and try to, you know, people say keep your personal life separate, but I, it's very difficult. And I don't know if it's if it's if you're even able to keep them separate. I think they 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 come together. And so you have to understand Absolutely. this is my preference, but my responsibility may be I have to show up, I have to show up to work. And so when we start off with that, let's, you know, one of the things to manage in, in a in a professional setting is managing your personal life in respect to 
uh, relationships. Another one could be in respect to partying. And so let's talk about the the relationship one. Uh, Mo, what what advice or or what's your thoughts on um, you know managing a person's situation going on at home or if I'm in high school, my, my relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend and, you know, how to oh, handle all of that stuff. Yeah. I, I, you, you sent me down like a, a thousand different directions. And I, and I, I tell you, I, I'll, I'll come back to that, but I'll tell you a story that you jogged in my memory. Right. So this goes back to college. And even though I wasn't, you know, a professional, uh, going to college and playing football was, um, was obviously my profession at that time. Right. And I can remember. Yeah, uh, playing at Ohio State certain, is playing at the professional level. Yeah, pretty professional much. level. Yeah, right. And so uh, what's expected out of you, just as would be at any corporation job or anything else, when you step up on the field or when you step into a professional atmosphere, the expectation and the standard is for you to be as professional as possible, right? But I can remember at a certain point in time, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and we had got into this big rift, this big argument. Um, and, and, and what was going on in my personal life, uh, the girl ended up coming up to the facility, uh, all of, all of my nonsense and my mess became part of my professional environment. Oh and even, even as an 18 or 19, yeah, yeah, even as an 18 year old or 19 year old kid, however I was, uh, the things that I was doing were bleeding over into this professional space. And there, that's a non-negotiable, you know, saying for people uh, to even negotiate that you can have uh, a semi problems in in the business space, you know. I go and you brought another uh, thing, another. I would say you jog my memory, not not my memory, but you jog another thought, or you put you prompt uh, another thought, and that was just for guys who want to be guys with fifty five or sixty different women, and they have to deal with that, and having to deal with infidelity, and having to deal with just the craziness and, and, and the nonsense that goes home, but then that thing affecting uh, their personal life, uh, affecting their relationship with other employees and all that old nonsense that comes with it. But when it comes to managing it, I think that, I think it's really only one way. You know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, um, I think that there's some level, not even some level, the, the level of honesty with them and the level of, uh, of commitment that has to be a staple in order for you to um uh, be be within the right state of mind or have a sound mind and going forward in your business life. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I was jogging around to two different places, but I didn't want to lose the focus on relationships. Uh, but I, but I think, yeah, I think I, 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 I'll say this, right. And I, I, I guess I just want to go to think, to think what I'm talking about. I just can think about so much before what I didn't think that what you did either off the field or outside of business affects you. Right. I think there's a lot of people who, who really believe that, you know, what I do at home is at home, and that thing just doesn't affect me. And I can remember so many times, and I know this is street sports and success, that I would think that uh, I can go be this pseudo-gangster, I can go be this drug dealer, I can go do all of this other foolishness that doesn't necessarily align with my professional standards and obligations. And I think that people really believe that there's two different thought processes that you can take on when actually it's really one mentality, yeah. right? So if you're a piece of shit person in your private life, if you're a dude who fuck around your girl, you're a dude who drink too much, who smoke too much, who party too much, uh, and you uh, and, and you do that up under the pretense of, 
I'm just having a good time, or you can't let go of your college years, or uh, the things that brought you gratifying, gratifying feelings in college. You'll always that 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 mentality or that thought process will always surface in another life until you grow the fuck up. Amen. Till you and pass that I, test, I, you know. I, I, we, it's I, like the the right. life is gonna keep life is gonna keep on giving you the same test until you pass it. You can't pass. You yes. can't go to algebra if you haven't you know passed basic math and so if you keep failing basic math you're going to keep getting basic math until you learn to, to conquer that and so if i could speak to the kids out there you know you, you, the the high school folks out there you know i remember when when um my stepdad at the time you know i was all upset over this girl you know i can remember a couple times in my life having the roles reversed where i'm all upset over a girl and uh and, and he's telling me he's like man Man, you're gonna feel like this three, four other times in your life. You know, you're gonna be think you're in love. You know, three. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, man, there's no way I'm ever gonna feel this way. You know, there's no way I'm ever gonna in that moment. You know, how am I ever gonna get through this breakup or whatever? And and sure enough, you know that that feeling or emotion or thinking that I was in love uh, did happen multiple times. You know, in my life and. And, and all the way through, you know, being married now and, and being with, with my wife for, for 11 years, you know, I look at, you know, all the times where I felt like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. It ain't the end of the world. And all the times that I, no. that I didn't understand, it, if I would have stayed with some of those people, I'd be, I wouldn't be with the person that I got right now. And so you have to understand that sometimes these things may be happening for you and not to you in high school folks, you know, 99.9% of the time, this ain't going to be the person that you end up marrying. I know it's hard for you to hear that, but it, it, sometimes it is, but most of the time it ain't, you can't be getting yourself all people are hanging themselves and killing themselves over, over relationships like this in at 13, 15, 16, 17 years old. Like it's the end of the world, man. I'm telling you down the road, it's not going to be as big of a, of a deal as you think that it currently is right now, and you just got to know that. The other thing to young people that I that I like to tell you, the environment that I was raised in was to not be Captain Save Up, you know, okay? And, and so what that is is in the environment I was raised in, if you were with one person, you were a punk. You know, if you, I'm like, oh, I got a girlfriend. It's like... What do you mean you got a girlfriend? Like, what, what's that matter? What, what is what's what's the difference? And, and so, you know, that's something when I look back on, you know, a lot of people that I had uh, pouring into me at that time were like, man, just enjoy yourself and date as many people as you can, sleep with as many people as you can, and test them all out and all this other stuff. And and uh, you know that that caused me issues, and I, I would not give that same advice to my son. Uh, while I wouldn't be, or my daughter, you know, while I wouldn't be saying, Hey, let's, uh, let's marry them all. You know, let's marry this person in high school. I'm not going to be telling my, you know, my, my son, Hey man, just, just date a hundred women. You know, if you can date, you know, date 50 of them, you know, if, if you can, um, because I know the drama that comes with that and that, that other person is somebody else's daughter or that other person is, is somebody else's son and it's not going to create the right karma for you. And, and when I look back on it, there was things that I was doing as a teenager that I, when I look You're back on it, I'm embarrassed of, of my behavior, but I'm more, I think back and I wasn't feeling good about it. 
I just thought that's what I that that's what I was supposed to do. You know, I would do things and I would I would feel bad later. You know, like man, why did I take advantage of that person? Why did I do that to that guy? Why did I do that to that girl? I was just doing whatever I thought the environment was telling me I was supposed to do to fit in. And this is the the guidance I was telling you. And so, you know, the young folks out there don't think that makes you real. Don't think that makes you cool. And you might slip up, you know, if we start talking about, you know, really digging into some teenage stuff, you might slip up and and end up with a child while you're a child yourself. And that's a whole nother bag of worms, you know, we, we don't want to get into. Well, I, I, I'll tell you this, man, even when you say that, right, and, and I, I just I just really want to school some of the people uh, who may be listening, who may have come up the same way or gotten the information the same way because the world is different now. I don't care if you're from the suburbs or if you're from the hood. Information is everywhere, and people are influenced by music, culture, and everything else. So you can be from the suburbs and have the same mentality that we grew up with just being in the hood. It's, it's just, it just is what it is now. Yes, right? So. I didn't realize how hard that I still had a lot of my um, juvenile beliefs, right? And this, this has a little bit to do with what we're talking about, but you kind of prompted another thought. And everything that I would think about in regards to me and my lady would be sexual, right? And so a large part of my life or a large part of how I thought about my relationships, I didn't realize it, but everything or 90% was just all about sex, 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 sex. And when you said when we grow up in a culture where everything is about sex, 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 and sex with as many people as you want to, you think that that is the the, the, the core reasoning that you get with a woman, and and that's what it kind of revolves around. And it, it, it's really after you have a daughter, and after you sort of fucking get your, your parents together, and you live in a real society and a real environment, you start to realize that man, you start to look at things like you were looking at things like a fucking kid. And so I do go back and say, man, I'm embarrassed that I was getting my information from an older brother or my neighborhood or, you know, the guy who used to cut my hair and, you know, he teasing me to say, man, uh, you know, when was when, when did you, when was you uh, first breaking your virginity? And, oh, yeah. you know, I remember we in junior high and they, you know, but, but these, these are real things, but these uh, times where you just have sex and you pressure to have sex or pressure to try to get it, a lot of this stuff forms beliefs, and then those beliefs, they, they mature. Uh, no matter if they're right or wrong, those things mature, and then you start to live your adult life with, like, this juvenile mentality, and then that's how you end up in all these situations where you're irresponsible, uh, belief on women, yeah. and, and, and your craziness bleeds over into your personal well, that, life. That, that's, why, that's why we're called to do what we're doing right now and in, in, uh, in, in educate people on that, but you know, as I transition over into the adult thought thought process on this, you know, the, the kids, you know, I just, you know, I s speak to, uh, you know, I've spoken to Amaya about this. And, you know, every time you you engage, you know, this is why people and, and this is why it says in Scripture that we're, we're called to wait until we're married, uh, which I, you know, I didn't do. I'm not going to front like I did, uh, but I can understand it now because I didn't have the knowledge that, that I have right now, there's, there's a, there's a, a certain amount of pain and, and emotional pain and stress that comes with, uh, especially, especially depending, you know, maybe the man and maybe the girl, but down the road, it, every time that you give of yourself like that, uh, a piece of you goes away sometimes forever. You know, sometimes you never get that piece of your heart back once you give it, you know, once you give it away, which will cause you tons of, of, uh, 
tons of issues emotionally, you know, down the road from current decisions that you're making, uh, from current information that you're given from an older brother, older cousin, you know, people in your environment, people in your neighborhood or whatever it may be. Then when you move forward in society, you know, even even as an adult, it's very similar depending on what culture that you're a part of. And so then, you know, I, I, in business, I've seen people where I can only imagine how good they would have been, how great they could be if they had their personal life in order with their relationships. Uh, part of being in a relationship yep. is you're going to have disagreements, but you can't bring the shit on yourself. And so when I'm bringing it on myself, meaning that, you know, I'm out there and I got a girlfriend or, you know, I got a baby mama, but I'm out there, you know, at the club on a Friday night or Saturday night till two o'clock in the morning and I'm 30 years old, you're asking for problems. You're asking for that. And, and it's very difficult for you to, for that not to bleed over into your professional life. If you're messing with, you know, dating, sleeping around with all these other people and you're supposed to be focused on your business, those things are going to start transitioning over, you know, into what it is, you know, and that's why I think sometimes athletes have, have some issues, you know, maybe more than others, you know, when they, when they're in the NFL or they're playing professionally, it's because, you know, they, they, they maybe they haven't developed internally the way that business will force you to, to, to develop because it's all about that sport. It's all about that game. It's all about being around other people that are doing the exact same, you know, the exact same stuff. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you out there at 36 years old, you know, as, as somebody that prided themselves on, on, uh, being what I thought was, uh, cool, you know, being a pimp, you know, and, and at 36, I'm telling you right now that the, the better route to go is to slow your roll, you know, slow yourself down and good things will happen and good people will come into your life. If you just handle and play the cards that you're dealt, you know, in, in a business situation or as an adult, and not be at the club all the time looking for love, you know, at the club all the time and, and, and bringing all this added drama into your life. I'll take it a step further and because I don't want this to um, come off like the holier than thou conversation. Right. Uh, I myself, I still not struggle, but there's things that I discipline myself on where I may see an attractive woman or I may see a woman who uh, is presenting herself as provocative or whatever, just even being conscious enough to let you know, to, to, teach, to not, not like this, to discipline yourself to know right from wrong. Don't put yourself that in that environment. A hundred percent, 100 percent are not to take a conversation, not to take somebody flirtatious stuff because it is simple math, right? The more successful, the more successful, and powerful you come in life, the more women are attracted to you. That's just the world we live in, right? And when you start to dress a little better, you start to stay cleaned up a little better, you start to stay in decent shape, you'll be a guy who people will be attracted to because that people can just sense confidence or that, you know, you have your stuff going on and there's a pride to yourself. And so for anybody who may be making a little bit of money, people who may be trying to get into this area, one of the greatest or quickest or most distracting things that can come to you is too many women or too many men. And a lot of that stuff comes from ego. A lot of that stuff comes from, you know, a guy may not having uh, the ability to have sex or be the, the most attractive thing to people in their previous life. 
And like you say, one of the quickest ways to downfall are to be distracted from what you're doing for it all to fall apart. Cause I heard you mention professional athletes is for just having an abundance of women or if it's a female who likes a bunch of men, the quickest way to lose your reputation, the quickest way to lose uh, everything that you have worked for um, uh, is that. I think if you go back to biblical times, and I think if you go into Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, and, you know, people who are seductive and, 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 and things of that nature, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot more people who are smart than me, but I've read, you know, Proverbs and Ecclesiastics when I was in, incarcerated a lot, and they used to have a lot of sections about, you know, women and money and, and excuse me, wisdom uh, around how these things can, um, I don't want to say dilute uh, or, or cause you to um, alter personal principles. Uh, but it's tempting, man. Well, the same thing, and the I, same, thing goes for, same thing goes for an attractive woman. You know what I mean? That, that, that yeah. you got to know, you know, that, that the men are coming, you know, and, and 99% of them are coming for, for, for one thing. You know, and, and especially yeah. as as you're young, the world you know, we live in. that's the world we live in, and and so I think the next piece as we transition out of managing your personal life is you know the 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 chasing, uh, you know things in clubs and and all that stuff. You know, it's it's the partying. You know, the alcohol, the drugs. You know, the women, the clubs, all of that stuff at night, and those things starting to bleed over into your you know professional life. You know, I think a lot of, you know, what Maurice was, was talking about is just not having it around you is the, the the key to your discipline. You know, the key, if you're on a diet and you're uh, trying to eat clean, it's probably smart of you to, if you love Oreo cookies, not to put a bunch of Oreo cookies in the pantry. If you love ice cream, don't put yourself around a bunch of your favorite ice cream too many times or eventually, you know, you're going to want to eat some of it. And so I think that that yep. discipline, you're disciplining yourself as an adult, you know, professionally is knowing like, all right, knowing yourself. Uh, I like to drink, you know, so I'm not going to put myself in an environment to drink or I like to party and go to the club. So I'm not going to put myself around people that are always encouraging me to do those types of things, because I've watched people in business just like we've watched people on ESPN or watch people in sports kill their life based on the clubs and partying and, and drugs and too much of the, uh, you know, too much of the, the cocaine and too much of the, the weed, too much of the alcohol, too much of these things um, at the wrong times, uh, which should never, you know, a lot of it, if you're overindulging in things, I'm not going to front and, and, and act like I don't have a drink. I do. I can. I'm not over the edge. I'm not. Um, getting wasted on Fridays and Saturdays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but I may have a glass of wine here or here or there or a drink and able to keep it in its in its perspective or keep it in its department. Uh, but I just want to tell you guys out there that you know, in my experience, it's going to be difficult for you to go to the Super Bowl in life or the Super Bowl in business if you keep on hanging out at the clubs and, and keep on overindulging uh, in drugs. Let's talk about the the, the next one in, in this the the second one in this topic, Mo, uh, which is preparing, uh, and 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 embracing the process. You know that that's the second key to living your best life: uh, preparation and in uh, embracing the journey and embracing the the process. You know, which is unglorious. Preparation is not sexy. Uh, the process isn't always sexy. Um, what what are your thoughts on you know preparation and um, 
in in engaging in the process that's inevitable uh, in the pursuit of of greatness. Well, I, I, what, I, what I say, uh, it's the only way, you know. And when people talk about, you know, embrace the process, enjoy the process, embrace the journey, embrace adversity, it's literally the only option, and it is what it is. You know, and I had to get to that place uh, where, you know, when you, when you want to when you, when you want to do something, you know, you have to prepare for it. Uh, just like you said, I think a great analogy was in regards to losing weight. Um, you can have a million tricks out there, but the way is the way. You have to expend more calories than you take in. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just simple math. It's just as much as the process. And uh, in, in, in the irony is that I'm sitting in my office talking to you, and I can look at you know the four whiteboards I had around. I had to add another table in here because I've, I've uh, written all that I can write on the whiteboards, and I have notepads everywhere. I have um, notes everywhere, but this is all of the information uh, that I use or the data that I use in order to make a decision or to order to make my roadmap uh, or when I get in traffic and people say, oh, it looks like he knows what he's talking about. Is because I've spent time in the office, I've spent time analyzing, I've spent time taking notes, I've spent time sort of creating my roadmap, I've spent time reading, um, and, and this is all a part of it. Uh, and success doesn't happen on accident, and whether you like the process or not, this is the process, just as, and I make, you know, this is football season, I'll make an analogy for football season. You can want to go and, and, and or you probably enjoy people who are scoring touchdowns on ESPN and throwing the ball and catching the ball and, and breaking tackles and all that stuff that seems cute. But there was a process in January through August that most people didn't see or identify. And there was weightlifting sessions and film sessions and all that other stuff that brings you to that platform Amen. where you are able to perform. Amen. You know, I, I had, I had broken down uh, Maurice about the, the preparation and the process in regards to, to football, you know? And so when you look at, uh, let, let's say the, the the athlete that's scoring the touchdowns or whoever you're watching, whatever team, you know, you got to understand playing in college, you know, I would I would say at least 30 hours a week, you know, 46 weeks out of the year, you know, maybe a total of six weeks. And, and that's being gracious. I don't think we got six weeks off, but let's say six weeks off out of 52. Man. 46 no. weeks, <laughs> you know, do, do, do you think do you think. It's fair to say as as an athlete in college you're putting in, you know, at least 30 hours a week. Man, 30, man, you putting in more than 30. Hours I a week. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so so let me use the minimum 30, yeah. let me use the minimum the, the minimum numbers, okay? If you did 30 hours a week for 46 weeks, that's 1380 hours of preparation. 30 hours for 46 weeks. Okay, let's say you're a starter on one side of the ball. So in your case, Maurice, let's say you're the starting running back. Okay, the game is, you know, what are, what are the quarters now? 12 minutes, 15 minutes? 12 minutes. Okay, so 12, 12, 15 12, minutes, 12, 12 minutes, four quarters, that's 48 minutes. Okay, 48 minutes. So in 48 minutes, you're only going to play half half the game. Yep. You know what I mean? So even if it's four quarters we're, we're, and you just call it 15 minutes a piece to keep the number round. So we're saying, all right, we're playing the actual game for 60 minutes. But if you're playing one side of the ball, you're only playing for 30 minutes. So 30 minutes a game that you're actually playing the game, 10 games in a season, you play for 300 minutes. 
300 minutes is five hours. So basically, you prepared 1,380 hours to play for five hours. That's the non-glorious grind. That's the non-glorious preparation. And so you got to be thinking about in your life right now, am I spending the amount of time to prepare or am I only focused on the game? I think too many people are out here just playing the game. They just going out there playing basketball. Just like if you're an actor or an actress, you can't just go out there and start taping the movie. There's more time in the preparation of it and learning the script and all of these things, thinking of it, yep. than actually doing it. The movie may last two hours. The people may, their part of that movie may be a total of, of not even 60 minutes, but they probably got a thousand plus hours into it. So I, I want to encourage you out there to look about Look at your life right now in business or or wherever you're at in sports or whatever and say, am I preparing more than I'm doing the act? Because you need to prepare. You need to plan. You need to prepare. I'm already looking, like today's Sunday, I'm already looking at next week and the week after, where's my time going? Am I developing people? Am I spending time doing what's important to grow the business or am I just wasting time? And so all the time that you spend will be more efficient if you spend more time in, in planning. And then part of the preparation in the process aspect is the shit that you don't want to do. And so I think people get, they get accustomed to only focusing on what they want to do. You got to understand when they talk about embracing the process, the process is going to be involved in things you don't want to do. And so in my business, I'm thinking there's a lot of times people don't want to make phone calls. Well, if you only yep. do what you want to do, you ain't going to get the results. I don't like sprinting, but I remember we had to do sprints and cardio and all types of stuff when I was playing football. We were doing conditioning damn near every single practice at the end of practice. That wasn't people's most favorite part of the game. That wasn't everybody's most favorite part of, of, of practice. But in the fourth quarter... When there's three minutes left and everybody's tired, the work that you did on what you didn't feel like doing in that process may make or break your life. It may make or break that victory, that play, that game, which may lead you to more opportunities. And so you got to be out there right now and ask yourself, what is necessary in the process right now? First of all, am I preparing enough? Did I plan for three months? Did I plan for next month? How exactly have I broken down the game plan like the coaches break down film coming into a big game? Have you broken down your next month on how you're going to handle your business? And the second thing is, are you a person that is giving into the weak mindset? Am I currently giving into the weak ass mindset that is causing me only to do the things that I enjoy and feel like doing too soon? Now, there'll be a point in your life and in your career where you only get to do a lot of what it is that you like to do, but still when you get to that moment, there's going to be things that you don't like to do that's going to cause you the, the natural preparation that you need to succeed that you don't feel like doing. And so I got to tell you out there, I'm coming to you, Mo. I got to tell you out there right now, you can't just be doing the things that you feel like doing and think that you're about to make a million dollars. Part of making that mill, especially that first million, the second million's easier than the first million. The 10th million is easier than the first million. That first million is the, the road is paved with a lot of sacrificing, a lot of grinding, 
in a lot of doing shit in the process that you think that you're better than, that you think that you f- don't feel like doing, and that if you look at the amount of hours you put towards it, you're not making the money based on the amount of hours that you're putting into it, just like a fighter that you watch that may have boxed for free or fought for free for five years, ten years, done this, and then finally you watch him make a million dollars, you watch him make $50 million or $20 million on a fight, when you watch a Mayweather or somebody make that much money, you say, oh, that's ridiculous. That's one fight. That That's not one fight. That's one that's fight that you're years. seeing right now for somebody that's been grinding for 25 years. They probably did the shit for 15 years for free. The process. Yep. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I get exactly what you're saying, man. And um, I, 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 this, hearing you talk was inspiring to me and – it, it just it, it, it reconfirmed that that it, it is the only way. You know what I'm saying? At, at some point, your preparation will show. They say when adversity hits, people only fall to their level of preparation. Amen. Right? When, when, shit, when shit hits the fan, uh, when, when life hits you hard, because everybody can pretend for so long. You know how it is. You go out there on the football field. You go on the basketball court. Uh, everybody looks good in warm-ups. Everybody's running these routes. They're catching the ball when ain't nobody steaming down them about to bust their head wide open. Everybody looks good shooting jump shots with nobody guarding them. Uh, but at some point when the game is on, just like it's on in business and everything means something and real money is on the line and real execution is on the line, at some level and at some point, the level of your preparation or your team's preparation will do what? It'll either show or fall apart. That's why you have these great coaches where people see, like, uh, my guy Mel Tucker, who's out in Colorado right now, right? You know, he comes from the Jim Trussell tree. He comes from the Nick Saban tree. He comes from these elite-level coaches' trees. And you ask yourself, man, what's the difference between this dude showing up who knows football and the other dude showing up with football? It comes down to who's preparing you. And it all comes out of preparation. And preparation and what you do in your approach she goes into how you see things. It goes into how you see the game, goes into how you perform, goes into how you handle adversity, goes into how you execute, uh, goes into your basic standards with how you're going to perform. And all that comes into preparation. And, you know, if a person follow me, don't follow me on the Internet, the reason that I subtly say the CHAMP program is because I go and say, hey, I'm on the CHAMP program because the program that I'm pushing is everything that I want to do. I want it to be done like I'm a champion. If I do a podcast, I want to speak like I'm a champion. If I be a father, and I'm like that, to, uh, if I'm a father to my daughter and to my son, I want to be a champion. I want to be a champion in all that I do now. Am I where I want to be, or am I giving championship-level uh, effort every day? Uh, I would say no, but if I can give championship-level effort 90% of the time and 95% of the time, then I can always look to increase it and get better, and it's the, it's the focal point of my mind. That's what you're going to get, you know what I'm saying? And, and that way, when, you, when you're focused on producing at the highest level, excuse me, are you only trying to up your game and, and you can look to peers, I can look to Simon, I can look to guys uh, in business who are very successful, and, and you look at what they're doing, dudes are performing like champions. You know, one of the greatest things that I've had uh, the chance to do was to go win a championship, and, and that wasn't uh, – when I was a kid, it was great for – uh, my ego and for social status and all that cool stuff because I think that when you're a kid, it's just like a fun thing to do. But as an adult, when I look back on it, 
I can really respect and appreciate the level of detail and the preparation that we took up on going into that season. And now when I've been a part of other teams, I can see that, you know, what was required and what was expected out of Jim Trussell wasn't expected out of other people. And then you can start to see the set to success on his end and the lack of success on other people. And if you can take those principles, you can take that stuff that basically made people into champs and you can you start apply, living apply your those best life. principles to your life. Man, you, bro, you can live your best life and, and not only live your best life, you can then, what did they say? The best thing to do is to pay things forward. Your pain, whatever, whatever was given to Jim Trussell to make that to him, and he's given it to you, you then give that thing to somebody else. And then now somebody else can teach another generation and say, yo, bro, this is how I go. You know what I'm saying? Yep. This is how you win. You know, and I, and I think oftentimes when older generations criticize younger people, is because the standard or the expectations with how you're supposed to talk to one another, behave in front of one another, uh, complete a job or execute, I think that that's become denuded. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So, you know, you, you saw coming from it, so do. then it becomes like, oh, this guy wants to take a shortcut, and so it's not really respected because it, it becomes like, um, it becomes I'm running from something. And so I don't, I don't give a shit who you are, man. If, if you are to rise to a level or you have prominence in our capitalistic society. Let me just say this. If you are to rise and to maintain, I'll, so it's easy to get money. I'm pretty sure you've seen the industry, right? It's easy to get money. It's easy to hit one home run, right? But can your ass walk up there consistently over an extended period of time and keep on smacking those fucking home runs over the fence? Amen. You know and, what, and what's going to help and, you and, is, and, is focusing on these four keys to living your best life. So this, is, this was part one. Manage that personal life, prepare, and embrace the process and the journey, and stay tuned. We get ready to rip part two here very soon. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Street Sports and Success with Simon and Maurice. Let's get it.